right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Aaron Fregnito, your host of the Passive Cash Flow Podcast, back again with another episode. We have a very interesting guest here who I've had on the show years ago, but he was so exciting and he's everywhere. He's on every podcast in the world. He knows all about estate planning and how to protect your assets. Brian Bradley, how are we doing today, Brian? Doing great, Aaron. Like the pun on the you know topic assets, and it's an important topic as always. You know, I'm going to try to keep it not legally dense, and I'm not going to be you know I'm not your your attorney legal guru here. We're just going to be talking in generalities on some pretty cool topics. Um, I'd say we'll listen to our first one to really get some meat and potatoes on what we we're talking about. We can always recap some of it, but that you know prior episode would probably be like you know a really good deep dive to recap because we're going to talk and you know go into some new new stuff today. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of want to go over some scenarios of kind of your our average type of investor and then kind of a higher net worth investor and uh, get some uh, free uh, legal advice, although I know this is not legal advice and, of course, not solicitation for funds, tax advice or legal advice. But we can kind of talk about, hey, what would this type of person perhaps, how would they structure their estate? What are some tools they might want to have uh, under, an understanding of to be able to uh, avoid paying a tax, as much tax as you legally can? Um, and I also want to talk about the difference between avoiding paying tax legally and also just illegally not paying tax, which, of course, is not a good estate strategy. Uh, but I love having you on the show, Brian, because you've been on so how many podcasts have, have you been on? Have, have you lost count at this point? I don't, I don't know. I talk a lot, I talk a lot you know, on, on different investment shows and, and different summits. And, right, and right. I, I just like educating people. And there's a lot of BS that's out there. Um, and you got a lot of. Um, air quotes, you know, promoters um, selling concepts that don't legally work. And then, <laughs> and the sad thing is when they don't legally work for you as the client, you're the one that generally is on the hook with the IRS or the lawsuit, and then you're losing your money, losing your assets. And then if it has to do with taxes, potentially going to jail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want that. You don't want your uh, foe to be the IRS there. But um, no, that's really interesting. And, and that's so, so important to have on a, a licensed attorney here that really knows how these things are are done, not some guru or some guy selling you, you know, a package of uh, books and CDs. So um, although you are a guru in the space, but uh, that's kind of a <laughs> four lettered word. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's really interesting. So yeah, let's break right into it now. Because our last episode years ago was kind of more about LLC structure, kind of overall estate planning and away. What I want to go through now to have a little fun is kind of give you like an average type of a person that we run across looking to invest in real estate that often invests in our syndicate and give a little bit of guidance roughly on how that person might be able to plan their estate to avoid paying as much tax as possible, as legally possible, right? At People's Capital Group, we help you invest in real estate. Build your wealth by owning professionally managed apartment buildings in the northern New Jersey market. We want to show you how owning real estate is attainable, even for the busy professionals that don't have the time or experience investing in real estate. Now, we only work with select people who are serious about building wealth. So find out if you qualify at peoplescapitalgroup.com. So let's just take uh, an example here. Let's say I uh, work in Manhattan. I make uh, $350,000 a year. I have an IRA that I try to max out as much as I can. That's invested mostly with uh, people's capital group. Maybe I have a portfolio of uh, stocks and bonds and other uh, real estate assets uh, passively invested that are equal to, say, you know, a $5 million net worth or something like that. Okay. And I'm getting towards the retirement age now. And um, someone like that, maybe in that income bracket, in that net worth bracket, 
Um, you know, so, so you have two kids and, and a wife, right? And um, and you're age 50. So you're trying to really plan out now, okay, let's say I have, you know, a few million with people's capital group and some real estate syndications. I have a few million in stocks here and bonds and, uh, you know, another uh, quarter million in crypto, okay, or something like that, a little diversified portfolio. Um, so how would someone like that, uh, you probably need more information, but go about, you know, planning out their estate, essentially? Yeah. So when you want to think about like, you know, different buckets that we have there. And the first thing, if you're going to be calling me is I'm going to be looking at, you know, what's your first priority? Is it tax mitigation or is it asset protection from, you know, from risky assets and getting sued and creditors coming after you? Because those are very two distinct things. Um, I think if you're going to weigh one or the other, we have to look at what's your risk profile, what's your job, you know, are you a surgeon? you know, and you're owning all of this, you know, rental property, what are you trying to, are you trying to accumulate more or are you done investing? And now you're kind of just like, hold, you know, hold what you have, maybe pay off um, all of the uh, mortgages of your rental properties and just go pure cash flow. Um, are you looking for, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, legacy and passing down your assets. Yeah, yeah on there. So, you know, a lot of those add in to, to the factor, but the first starting point is always protect what you have. You mm -hmm. know, like you, we can set you up with the greatest tax strategy, you know, individuals and professionals and CPAs and wealth managers. But then if you get sued and lose everything, they have nothing to work their magic on. Right. So, so we're first thing first is looking at your system and say, how's everything titled? Mm -hmm. Is it in your name? Is it in a revocable living trust? Is it in an asset protection trust? You know, how, how's this stuff owned? And let's fix that to where if you have a doomsday lawsuit, first things first, we want you to be able to keep what you have. Right. You know, mm -hmm. then from there, once we have the system in place of what we're protecting it through, mm -hmm. then we can start working with the CPAs and your wealth managers to say, okay, hey, now you work your magic within the systems that we created to protect. Um, and from there, it could be creating, you know, self-directed 401ks or IRAs or, you know, start trying to decrease your taxable estate or turning a, what we use, like you heard on the talk on the last episode was our hybrid trust. Um, well, we can turn the hybrid trust into a charitable hybrid trust um, to where that way we can use combinations of different types of trust to maximize your goal, but we have to identify what is the goal, how much net worth are we working with? Because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. if we can take money off the table, which not everybody can, but let's just say, you know, there's this great high set trust, love Jeffrey Verdon, you know, guru, you know, guru of the gurus. Okay. Attorney, but he won't even pick up the phone unless you're you're worth a hundred million or more. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. So just yeah. let's clarify. Yeah. Oh, no, he has this great high set trust called like have your cake and eat it to trust. But unless you're going to be unless you can afford to take 25 million, you know, off the table of your net worth wow. to put it into this trust to decrease your taxable estate. That's kind of what that trust is for. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of different strategies. And it really just comes down to what is the client's overall goal? Is it protection? Is it protection and tax mitigation? Then we got to look at what's your risk profile. And then from there, we're looking at um you know how much net worth can we take off the table but you yeah. still have to disclose this stuff to the irs so that you don't go to jail for it or have to pay the money you know back to the irs for an oops sorry we didn't yeah <laughs> you don't want to oops with the irs there uh okay so you just mentioned a lot of interesting words that i don't think our listeners will know the definition to because i i don't know the definition to them so uh i think that unless you're in this business they're, they're a little complicated so um a hybrid trust. Let's just go over what that is one more time. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I always break it down like the key concepts of asset protection. And so you have, we'll just say three different layers. Think about winter. When we're talking about winter, we're going out skiing. What are we going to do? We're going to layer up. We're going to put on a base layer, like a, you know, nice skin tight shirt. Then we're going to put on like a merino wool sweater or for you ladies, a carnigan. And then we're going to have a nice winterproof, waterproof jacket that's going to keep us nice and warm in the middle of winter. That storm's coming. Yeah. Um, so three different layers. Layer number one, the skin layer. That's your LLCs and insurance. That's when you're yeah. just starting out. Second mm-hmm. layer, your carnigan or your you know merino wool sweater. I'm talking about management companies, limited partnerships, Wyoming LLCs. Some other people use those. Um, kind of when you hit that four units or four LLC spot. We need to start consolidating everything using a management company for, you know, passive tax flow entities. So there's just one tax filing at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. The hybrid trust, that's your third layer. This is your waterproof layer. You're in the middle of Siberia. Your world's falling apart. Doomsday lawsuit. I'm getting sued. Valid case, valid claim, valid lawsuit. I'm going to lose how do I still keep my assets? My LLCs are getting pierced. My world's falling apart, but I don't want to lose everything. Mm-hmm. That's where a hybrid bridge trust comes into play. And what a hybrid trust is, it's a foreign Cook Islands trust. So the strongest trust in the world for the last 40 years, supported through case law up to the Supreme Court. But instead of having to pay an astronomical cost on the setups and then the tax disclosures, you know, ten, you know, 1035s, 1035As, FACTA disclosures, and all these insane um, IRS disclosures that you have to do for foreign accounts, we take that foreign trust and domesticate it through the IRS to make it easier to manage, um, no more disclosures. Um, so everything's legitimized through the IRS. It's a hybrid in that it is a foreign Cook Island trust. It's just domesticated for tax purposes until, God forbid, I ever have to what's called break the bridge and turn that domesticated trust into a foreign trust. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's okay. where you kind of have your cake and eat it too with that trust. I have the strength of the Cook Island power, right. just domesticated for IRS purposes and ease of use. Then if I ever need it, I have the tool in my toolbox. Now I can just crash that bridge and I am what I am, a foreign trust now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, okay. All right. So when you're about to lose the suit, you could like switch it quickly over to the a real foreign trust. Okay. Correct. So what we do is just breaking a bridge is a, it's an IRS classification. So we remove you as the main trustee. It's still your trust. You're still the beneficiary of it. You're still the creator of it. Yeah. It's just by removing you as the trustee, we now break the IRS compliance prongs. And now okay. you are what you are. You're just a foreign trust, no longer domesticated um, yeah. in the Okay. Interesting. So um, that that's a really interesting setup. So there's so many different ways to uh, protect your assets there. Now, have you, at what point does it make sense wealth-wise to do uh, the Cook Islands, you know, a hybrid trust there where, you know, you got a guy who's got 25 million, you know, let's pick up the phone. But is that, could you be a, maybe it's someone with $5 million of and net you worth? Think it would be higher, right? You would think, oh, I'm not that important. I'm just, you know, your nurse or cop who got some rental properties and this is not retirement. Mm-hmm. The actual main client profile is around 1.2 million of net worth. So equity, not saying uh, my total value of all of my my properties in my house is 1.2 million. We're looking at equity value, unprotected yep. assets. So I'm taking out your 401k because those are ARISA protected. They're exempt. Um, so, And then I'm taking out IRAs because most states have very, very strong state exemptions for your IRAs. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking that out of the equation. And so what I'm looking at is how much equity in your primary, mm-hmm. how much equity in you know syndications, if you're investing in syndications, do you have yeah. um, cash value in your bank account and then your rental properties. 
Um, if you invest in businesses and you have, you know, 5% shares or whatever, or, or pers- uh, your personal brokerage account, they're not exempt. So if you have millions of dollars in your stock portfolio, well, that's fair game to be collected on. So we got to protect that. Right. So we've got to then create the proper buckets, put them into a management company, f- company for legacy protection and passing it off once you die. Um, you know, we want to make sure you have a nice um, segue into who gets what, mm-hmm. and then you cap it off with a very, very strong trust. So generally, you're looking at 1.2 million is the proper starting range of of net worth. Yeah. And the reason for this is, let's say you come to me late, and this happens sometimes. I have people come to me with 20 properties, all in their personal name over 20 years. Oh gosh. Imagine how much work I have to do to clean this up. So then the cost gets so astronomical that it's just, they're not going to, it's just too expensive. So then they do nothing and then leave everything on the, on the table Yeah. or their CPAs mess the stuff up. And I get this call probably once a week is their CPA 15 years ago created an S corp for real estate and they put 50 properties in one S corp. And now you think of all that growth with all that deferred taxation over all that time. Right. And now they realize like, oh my God, this is really bad. I have $50 million worth of equity and properties in one LLC taxed as an S corp or an S corp. I have to take it out because we have to split it up. Mm-hmm. Most people don't have the money to pay back to the IRS for the tax deferred that you have to pay back. So now they're stuck. Right. Or if you do right. in that situation and I would have to move the assets out, I can't. Now you're frozen because you don't have the money to pay back to the IRS. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now, what happens if you have a bank loan on a property and you want to move it into a trust? Isn't that going to cause the mortgage to default? That's a great That's a great question. No, especially for a trust because trusts are exempt from that clause, which is, I'm air quoting again, because um, it's the, you know, what is it? Do on sale clause that you're, you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you move your asset into a trust, it's exempt. You got the, you know, Trust Act and St. Germain's Act. So that's the whole purpose of putting assets into trust. It's your trust. Mm-hmm. Um, where you really hear people concerned about this is when you transfer it into an LLC. Um, the simple fact is over 30 years or more, I mean, since the Great Depression, you've never seen a bank called a mortgage due because you transferred your property into your LLC. Right. In fact, a lot of banks won't do it. Um, is there a clause? Yes. Has it been executed? We've never seen it. None right. of my over 100 attorneys have seen it. I can't ask a single attorney to find a case law where one's ever been done because no bank is ever going to pull your file and to look for a performing note to find a reason to find the to for, you know to find a reason to foreclose on you because you're paying your mortgage. They'll, yeah. they'll go out of business. They're just not going to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. They don't want. Yeah. And so what they might do is call and say, "Hey, we noticed you transferred you know the property over to an LLC. What's going on?" Right. And then it's for asset protection purposes. And they say, oh, okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it. That's where the call stops. Okay. Where you see maybe a hiccup happen is where they notice that you move the asset, they call, but then they notice, well, you're also not paying your mortgage. Right. Then obviously you're going to get foreclosed on because you're not paying your mortgage, not because yeah. you did the proper thing to protect your assets. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, it's a pretty big one. Um, okay, interesting. So yeah, I, I have talked to brokers before. You know, they say, Oh, uh, just get the mortgage in your name and then transfer it over to an LLC. You know, yes. and I, I yeah. you know, maybe getting started, that might not be a bad strategy. But once you start investing in a larger scale with other investors, you can't be doing stuff like that, of course. But um, no, that's, that's interesting. So then moving it into a trust uh, would not uh, cause the uh, mortgage to become due there or default on, on the loan necessarily. 
And it's so also people with 1.2 million of net worth, you know, that's really not that much. You know, if you invest the right way and you make a decent income, you know, I, I do have, uh, yeah, uh, police officers, you know, and, and different people and, and kind of hardworking everyday Americans that can build up to that level of wealth as right. long as they're investing wisely for a number of years. Well, think about with them, though, it takes a long time for yeah. your average cop or nurse or firefighter or school teacher to build that much. That's their right. retirement. That's their nesting. And Every- then they hope something on one lawsuit for them will completely clean them out they're never going to retire right Mm -hmm. they're actually more concerned and needing this level of protection than the person who has five million net because yeah i can take a million dollar blow it's going to hurt just think about boxing analogies it's that left hook to the floor floating rib you Mm -hmm. know that can knock you down they're not going to knock you out but it will knock out you know the the firefighter or the cop yeah. Yeah. Also, they might be looked at as an easier target, meaning that, you know, hey, they don't have $20 million in the bank to fight a lawsuit, you know, right? They may only have $100,000. So you might be yeah. looking at uh, really, a, you know, easy legal target there, the uh, the defendant or the, uh, what would it be? Uh, the, the plaintiff. plaintiff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so okay that's interesting and then as far as what your service is um if you can kind of put it in a nutshell um what, what exactly how do you help people manage their estates how does that work with you guys yeah so like i don't manage i don't tell you what to invest in i don't manage your investments at all i, I just protect your assets you know so whatever it is we're going to work with you we're going to work with your cpa your wealth managers i just need to know what it is that you're buying and selling um and then create the structures around to protect it from doomsday scenarios. Mm-hmm. And then I'll talk with your CPA and say, okay, hey, you know, how aggressive are we investing? Um, what are they investing in the type? And then we'll start figuring out what tax strategies and mitigation strategies they want to, in, you know, incorporate into the planning. Um, and that's how you have your team work together, you know, and, and that's how you want it. So as you're accumulating wealth, you have to start accumulating the proper team members around, like have a good asset protection attorney have a great CPA. You may have to change your CPA because the CPA you started with when you had nothing may not be a good investment CPA or may not be really good with real estate investing or whatever the investment class you're in. So sometimes you evolve with a new CPA or you could have a business CPA. They're very, very conservative. They're great for businesses. But then when you start getting aggressive with real estate and they're they're not going to be as cutthroat because that's not their specialty. Yeah. And so you need to realize... It's like a doctor. There's lots of different types of doctors, right? So you need to make sure you go to the right right doctor for the right ailment to get the right treatment. And same thing with your investing world. You got to have, you know, start accumulating the right pieces around you to get the best advice so that you can keep accelerating your wealth at a faster pace. Yeah, no, it's good advice. And um, as far as, you know, it sounds like an expensive thing, creating an offshore account, essentially, right? Creating an estate with three layers here. What does that, you know, let's say you have 1.2 million in wealth and you're kind of guiding them with the uh, estate, their estate planning. Uh, what would that cost roughly someone to complete this process with you? That's a good question. Um, for the whole system for, you know, let's just say like one LLC, a limited partnership and a hybrid trust. Uh, generally, you're talking about 31,000. Um, it would just make it like pretty easy number. Yeah. If you were to go purely offshore, the purely offshore trust just in itself is mm-hmm. generally around 40,000 know, on average. Like you can see some people go 75. So I'm just gonna say on average, a purely foreign Cook Island trust, the strongest trust in the world, generally around 45. Mm-hmm. That's overkill for most people. It's just not necessary. Plus then you're gonna have to like 10, $12,000 a year to maintain that. It's oh, just, wow. it's just not, 
it's not feasible for most people. Right. But you want that strength. And so that's the benefit of domesticating it is you do a hybrid trust. The hybrid trust by their cells are generally around 23000 mm-hmm. Um, And now you have that strength in the back pocket, cheaper to maintain, generally around $3,000 to maintain a year. Um, you don't have to do the IRS disclosures. You don't have to do the fact of disclosures. It's just a matter of where your where's your risk profile at? What's the likelihood of you actually getting sued? Um, and then if you're concerned, is the Tuesday scenario and losing everything mm-hmm. with our U.S. Constitution and the legal system, the only way to actually avoid that, because at the end of this, it's about collectability, right? Right. You know, like that's all, that's all right. I care about. Not hiding assets, which we can break down with like tax havens and fraud in a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, hiding assets, bad lawsuits. You know, you go to jail, hiding assets and all of that. Yeah. So the, what you really want is a very, very strong asset protection plan where we can fully disclose everything that you have and say, but you'll never see a penny. Mm-hmm. And you can only do that with a hybrid trust where we have the option to leverage going offshore to settle a case for a penny on the dollar. Right, right. So you could say to the other attorney, hey, you know, we have this uh, this, you know, big, this card we can play and that's going to end your uh, your client's chance of collecting on this suit, you know. But uh, so then you try to settle Correct. for a good price. Yeah. Up on me a little bit there. yeah, I was just saying that that's a good card to play, you know, to have that ability to go offshore disclose that to the other side and say, you know, if you push us too hard, we're going to use this, uh, this uh, option to go offshore and you'll never collect from us. But, you know, perhaps we could settle on a reasonable amount right now and get this done with, you know, to- correct. And our reasonable amount, but as the card shift into my favor, and right. my amount is generally like, here's a penny on the dollar. Right. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. The insurance money, like there's no settlement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, you can get your judgment, but your judgment's worthless down in the Cook Islands. And then you got to yeah. Yeah, jump through all those you know hoops down there. Yeah. Just it's not worth it. No, mm-hmm. it's interesting. You know, it really is. Um, okay, that that's yeah, it's very good stuff there. Yeah, unfortunately, it froze up a little bit there. But um, no, I, I always enjoy talking about this uh, this information here. It seems like you know to protect your assets to that level, you're talking about you know if someone has one point two million dollars in net worth, there maybe two to three percent of the net worth would be spent to create this uh, asset protection. So you know it's really kind of a no brainer in my mind to protect your assets in the right way for two to three percent of your asset cost makes a whole lot of sense. And quite frankly, if you're managing your assets the right way, you should probably be making about five to six percent a year in growth on your assets. So really your gro- half your growth from that year might go towards protecting your entire portfolio. That could be a pretty uh pretty affordable option it seems, you know. Yeah, and I would say, you know, like for the cost of like a little the little kicker that you drive around in the driveway, you're going to protect over a million dollars worth of net worth and then it's a tax write-off because it's a business expense. Sure. So it's a little bit of an investment, yes, it's also a tax, you know, benefit for you and you get to write it off. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, it's I would not want to lose a million or more when I could have protected it for my depreciating value of my Toyota, you know, Camry. And my- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how long does the whole process take? Let's say someone's listening to the, this podcast, they call you up tomorrow and they say, hey, you know what? I have that one 2.2 million in net worth. It's not really structured wisely. You know, let's set up that hybrid uh, uh, estate you were talking about. How does that work? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It works. It takes about 30 to 40 days um, to create everything, whether it's the LLCs, the limited partnership and the trust and transfer everything over. Mm-hmm. It takes about 30, 40 days. It's very efficient. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I think like one important topic, if we got time to just like break that down is, you know, like the distinction of like tax havens, because you hear a lot of pr- um, promoters talk about 
use this type of offshore trust and don't pay taxes. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if you don't mind, I think like, you know, I'd like to like just put the squadoosh on that one real quick. Yeah, squadoosh away, my friend. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah so I get this, this question a lot. Um, and, you know, thinking that asset protection means not paying taxes, you know, and, you know, moving and hiding. And I'm going to say that word hiding, you know, not a good word to use when we're. Yeah. This, uh, so you lower your taxes or not pay taxes at all. Um, so <laughs> it's just illegal, you know, and it's tax fraud. And that's when people go to jail. And I'm going to break this down, you know, further with fraudulent transfers. But I think you get the point just with this. But tax mitigation is legal, right? We all want to, you know, pay as little as possible. That's perfectly fine. Sure. And it's done with your CPA and your wealth managers using the tax code in different, you know, ways and utilizing different investment types and creating different types of accounts like self-directed 401ks and other strategies. That's yeah. the tax code. Love it. Now, asset protection is about limiting liability or risk from lawsuits and creditors. You know, people coming after you to take your money. It's not about hiding or moving assets to avoid paying or disclosing your assets. Mm. So what we need to understand is that offshore asset protection planning will not reduce your taxes. And okay. that's a big point for people to take because you hear about go create a Bahamas or Caymans or Belize trust and pay no taxes. Mm -hmm. um, th th if someone's telling you this, it's just a scam. And yeah. You hear this a lot. The scam works by a promoter, sometimes an attorney or a CPA trying to sell the idea that if you don't have your money in the U.S., so your money's not based in the U.S., then yeah. you don't have to pay or owe taxes until you bring it back to the U.S. So just never bring it back. Right. It's completely false. The fact is that the IRS taxes you on worldwide income. It's just plain and simple. Mm -hmm. it, do it doesn't matter where you earn your money. You know, if you are a U.S. citizen, you know, the tax and you I mentioned the word FACTA disclosures. You have to disclose what's in, what's in foreign bank accounts to the IRS. You have to disclose what's in a purely foreign trust account. If you're using a purely foreign trust, those yeah. are 1035, 1035As, mandatory by law. So right. the bottom line is that asset protection planning and tax planning do not go together. We yeah. can utilize yeah. the compartments. We protect what you have. Then you work with your CPA and wealth managers to decrease legally through legal means the taxable estate you know amount that you have to pay. But anyone promising to help you you know legally evade paying taxes using an offshore entity is almost certainly lying to you. Yeah. And if you're involved in that scheme like this, or whether you got duped into it, you know, <laughs> unintentionally, it doesn't matter if you're a bonehead and fell for the scheme, you're the one that's liable for it and owes the money to the IRS plus the penalties, or you yeah. go to jail. Wow. And wow. yeah, and go on the IRS website. It's very clear. They have it on their website. They have a page dedicated specifically to identifying, you know, quote unquote, abusive trust tax evasion schemes. Right. And so the right. IRS specifically lists, you know, trust being used to reduce income taxes through abusive techniques um, that aren't allowed by the IRS code. And so some of these, for example, are unreported income, okay, um, avoiding yeah. filing returns. All the stuff that these promoters tell you that they're going to do for you are exactly what the IRS are using as cues to say, hey, no, this is a scam. And if you use it, you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. Um, or the other one is attempting to protect transactions through bank secrecy laws in tax haven countries. So think about Bahamas, Belize, um, and the Cayman Islands. Um, right. Those are all red flag because they're not seen as 
asset protection countries like the Cook Islands, no taxes, just purely asset protection. The other ones are deemed tax havens. We're creating these trusts to hide assets to not pay taxes. Yeah, so really yeah. listen to the key words and realize what people and promoters are telling you because it's going to have a legal effect on you. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's really interesting. And, and there, I feel like there's so much confusion out there in the tax world just because someone is licensed or claiming to be a tax specialist or something, you tend to follow them and, and be guided by them, especially if the fee is right, right? But that's really interesting. Um, well, that's a key word you, write, you said right there. If the fee is right, people yeah. will unfortunately shop around until they find the right fee and the person who matches what they want to hear. Well, you pay for what you get in this world, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You cut out there. But yeah, you pay for what you get. You know, I've hired a really affordable attorneys and really affordable accountants and contractors, and you pay for what you get at the end of the day. So uh, absolutely. And uh, but Brian, it's been really good uh, teaming up with you again here on another podcast. You're always a wealth of knowledge. I do actually have to run here. I have a hard stop here. Uh, but how can people get in touch with you and learn more about your services? Yeah, just jump on my website, www.btblegal.com. I do free consultation. I'd rather have you have good advice than crappy advice or no advice, whether we work together or not, or you can afford me or not. That's a whole different thing. Um, you know, Or just shoot me an email, Brian, B-R-I-A-N at btblegal.com. Very cool, Brian. Thank you so much for joining us here. And of course, to our listeners, if you are looking to put some of those assets to work that are in your estate or planning on protecting those assets better, as you're doing that, consider investing those assets in high demand apartment buildings here in New Jersey with People's Capital Group. So we've been doing this about 10 years. We help people invest in real estate here throughout New Jersey with our in-house property management company to make sure the assets are managed wisely. We're getting the best returns possible to our investors so they can take those returns put them in uh, estates and the right type of uh, trusts and the right type of offshore accounts to avoid legally paying tax, of course. And the right way to do it is to team up with Brian and companies like People's Capital Group here to build that wealth and then properly store that wealth the right way and protect those assets. So Brian, thank you so much for coming on. One more time, what's your website there? www.btblegal.com. Awesome. All right, my friend, have a good day. I'll talk soon.